And welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Mr. Nathan Doyle from thebigkickoff.com. And Nathan, this week, the league starts and it's, it's yeah. well, weather permitting, obviously. There's a, a few storms coming in, but uh, I think hopefully it uh, looks like Friday morning might get the most of it and we may be ready to go on Friday evening. Are you looking forward to it? Are you getting to a match? Oh, yeah, yeah, can't wait. Obviously, you know me, Roy. Pat's man myself will be in the away end at Holka Park. Uh, nothing's ever easy with the league. Like I said, I'm starting to sweat now over these uh, storms that are looking to interrupt it because, you know, fuck all this Christmas bollocks. This is the most wonderful time of year. It's great, great to have it back. <laughs> um, what do you reckon? Do we start getting some predictions down, some official League of Ireland, uh, the big kickoff League of Ireland predictions? Yeah, yeah. Why, no better time. Why not? Yeah, now what we're going to do is we're going to get the, uh, the the league page up and we have a little look at this. Uh this is our league page here, Nathan, and we will just click on it. Start off. Shells, same pats. What's it, what, well, we've got to start with that one. So uh, what do you reckon? Are shells going to cause pats any problems? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough start for pats, you know, from pats' point of view. Um, always is when, when you're playing a newly promoted site. Um, coming straight up from the fourth division. Look, we, we, going off the President's Cup game, Pats were unlucky over the 90 minutes, I think. Yeah, I thought, personally, I thought they were the better side over the 90, especially when they got the ball down and played some nice interplay. Like the own Doyle uh, up top looked looked nice. Uh, some really good movement off him. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I don't know what to expect from Shells this season. Just looking at an, an overall uh, preview of them. You know, the Damien Duff factor is obviously a big one. A uh, big personality uh, to come in from the league. It's going to garner respect just from what he's done in an Ireland jersey. Uh, but in fairness, he completely gutted the squad that got them here in the Premier Division. Only 75% of their squad from last season is gone. Um, look, and they, they have been good in terms of who they brought in, you know. It looks like Connor Kane, Aaron O'Driscoll, Ave Dur- uh, Durvin, Sean McSweeney that we've seen in the League of Ireland last season doing well. Dan Carr's coming back into the league. People remember him and Sean McRovers. Well, he's not the most prolific goal scorer. He's still a, a decent player to have around the place. Um, another one I actually found interesting is Jordan McAniff coming on loan from Arsenal. Uh, a guy they always hear a name has been touted, but just been extremely look- unlucky with uh, injuries in his short career. So... Yeah, difficult start for Pats. Uh, it was to stick down uh, probably a scoreline. I'd be hoping for a, a tight away victory, but yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It really, really is um, interesting to see as well. If, if you couldn't get tickets to the game, it, it's sold out, so looking to be a big good occasion itself. You can catch it on RTE if, if that's something that you're interested in. How do you feel about Damien Duff coming into the League of Ireland? He's already had a couple of little moans and groans and that's kind of his nature he's yeah. he is that kind of character do you think he'll be able for it it's going to be fatiguing on him because he does like top quality players yeah. he does like working with that kind of level can you see him get frustrated yeah I do I, I, I even when it was first announced I think of in season 2 we talked about Damien Duff coming to the lake I know I was a little bit critical at the time I still would be like I said, looking at some interviews, especially the one at the League of Ireland launch, Roy, I don't know if you got to see it. Um, he, he looked particularly not, not impressed with some of the questions going his way and just in air just didn't want to be there. And look, I know every man just different, and he, especially the handled the media obligations. Uh, 
very differently. Some some players and managers put themselves forward for that stuff, and you can't get them to shut up. Uh, but others are just not into it at all. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be it'd be tough to see how how he's going to get on if the the, the chips are down and if shells uh, start to go on a bit of a bad run of games and players aren't performing that the way he likes. You know, I, I couldn't see him to be the type of ma- uh, manager that's going to rally the dressing room and get everybody on his side. It seems like a bit of a prickly character and. Again, it's to go back to it, and I know that the reasons that he's left clubs and left jobs in the past is for personal reasons, but it's a short coaching career that he's had, you know, and he's been at a number of clubs, a number of high-level jobs as well at that, and and he hasn't tended to last too long in them. No. Okay, let's have a look at the rest of the fixtures, Nathan, because there's there's a whole load of fixtures there. You've got the likes of... uh Dundalk and Derry, how how is that going to work itself out? It's a it's a real it's a good one to start off, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, especially um, two sides. We'll start with the home sides, uh, Dundalk. Uh, I personally, again, I don't want to come come off as a bit biased. A Pats fan, I thought it was bizarre when Stephen O'Donnell made the decision to, to to jump to Dundalk. I know we'll have a personal affiliation with the club, with everything that he done his playing career. But I I thought looking at Pats, you know, won the FAI Cup, came second. Uh, in the league without really challenging Shamrock Rovers last season but you felt there was something building there where he's going to a Dundalk side now we know they're coming off a disastrous season albeit we're starting to see changes off the field with new management coming in they're trying to get that connection back to Dundalk town you know we're, we're seeing some faces of the past coming back to the uh, to the, the volunteering side even of the club you know people that are highly regarded in circles of Dundalk but for me, if you're looking at the rebuild job you had to do with Pats and the rebuild job you has to do now with Dundalk, I think the Dundalk jobs is a much bigger rebuild, right? Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I don't know about you. Look, he's done well, you know. We, we've seen it at Pats, what you can do with recruitment, Stephen. Uh, he, he usually gets a spot on, nail on the heads. I talked last week about Mark Connolly coming in the centre-half on long front Dundee. I think he'd be a good one. Of course, we've seen the likes of Robbie Benson, John Mountney and Sam Bowen follow over from St. Pats. I think that was always going to happen when Stephen left Richmond Park. Um, but, you know, we still... He, he, well, he's, he's lost the likes of uh, Michael Duffy and Patrick McElhenney, who it's actually... It's funny that this is going to be the first game at Derry City, isn't it? Uh, making their return to Oriel Park. Still has the likes of Pat Hoban there, you know. Andy Boyle, Daryl Lee, he's going to be a big season for him. Uh, if I was to show one young player at Dundalk out, uh, Ryan O'Kane, we talked about him a little bit last year. Um, while it wasn't a breakthrough season for him last year, in terms of like a Johnny Kenny, you know, a young lad breaking through, he impressed in, in his performances, and I think we could see the likes of Ryan O'Kane uh, really still step up and get given a chance for Stephen. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the overall league standings for them, it could go anywhere. It really, really could. Um, it's going to have to be a project for Stephen O'Donnell, but... Yeah, if we're looking at the, the opposite though, Derry City, it's um, it's all sunshine and roses for them at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, well, until they get beaten and then we'll see what <laughs> they're made of, you know. But yeah, the Dundalk thing I totally agree with. There, it's a big change around. Again, two years in a row because last year was a big change around. It didn't work for them. So it'll be very interesting to see how it works out for them this year. Okay, the the, the round fixtures just on the Premier Division. Shamrock Rovers UCD. You're expecting to see Shamrock Rovers see that one out. Finn Harps against Drogheda. It's going to be really interesting with this one, Nathan, because again, Finn Harps again, as always, have to change things around, and you're never quite sure what kind of team they'll have out. Drogheda will have a, a few different players missing, so that's going to be interesting. And Sligo Rovers versus Bows, a whole new Bows set up again. Uh, just on those games there, Nathan, what's your thoughts? 
Yeah, a whole new bowl setup. But I think you'd, you'd argue it, it, it's a completely different setup for Sligo Rovers as well. You know, in the off-season, they lost, for me, the two best players last year in Johnny Kenny and in John Matten, and they, they're going to be massive loss for them. And realistically, you just haven't replaced them. You know, they, they brought in the likes of uh, Paddy Kerr, Carlo Sullivan from Finn Harps and Will Fitzgerald, who are good players, but they're not going to fill up them gaps that are, that are there in the squad. They brought in a lot of unknown quantities from the likes of New Zealand and Canada. There could be a gem in there, we don't know. Uh, we're going off YouTube videos at this stage, Roy. Um, and Aidan Keane, who I've seen at Pats as a young lad, they brought him in as the main striker. His goal scoring record speaks for itself. It, it, it really isn't great, so they're lacking in that uh, department, Sligo. I think it'd be a difficult season for them. Um, if you're looking at the set Bowers and, and Sligo, I think they'd have, uh, Sligo have a uh, much more difficult task this season in terms of, you know, they have back to back uh, European uh, successes. Uh, I, I cannot see them getting near that this season. Okay. When you look at the first division, Nathan, because the first division, just like any other division, the Premier Division and the first division, the start of the year is excitement for everyone because anyone can win the league and anyone feels like they can win the league, although some of them uh, may be a little bit unrealistic. How do you see the first division going there? You can see the the fixtures there uh, that we have. Wexford, as you said, a little bit of optimism for them this year. Treaty will be... uh, buoyant after last season Bray again they'd be thinking that they'd be one of the favourites to go up but you just you just don't know so who do you think are the favourites I'm going to guess Waterford are going to be well up there who do you think could be the dark horses uh, yeah, let's just get it out of the way early doors. I think Waterford will uh, be first division champions this season. Uh, getting in Ian Morris as early as he did, uh, absolutely great appointment. We've seen he's got promoted in the past at Shelbourne. But not only that, right, I was looking today before the show of the squad from the back end of last year and the squad that he have going into the first division season. And this first division squad that he have, I take it any day over the uh, over this, the squad that he had last year. Realistically, the only key player that they lost was John Martin, a very good striker. He's gone to Dundalk. The rest of the key players that they had last year, you know, Brian Murphy, Keane Kavanagh, um, Phoenix Patterson, uh, Anthony Woodworth, these have all stuck around. Eddie Nolan, another, another player that stuck around at Waterford this season. So to be able to keep a hold of them, lads, is absolutely vital and key. Uh, till they have that nucleus of the squad, even though there's a new manager coming in, yeah, I think that'll be absolutely vital for them. Um, I really do. In terms of dark horses, I know I, I, I did pen a little article um, about Wexford, cheap plug. Go check it out on thebigkickoff.com. I don't think they made the playoffs. Um, i just looking at, at that pack ahead of them, but that's going to be a process for Wexford. In terms of dark horses, and correct me if I'm wrong here, can I call Cork City a dark horse? Yes. That, that, that'd be appropriate, because I think, I if think I look so, at yeah. Cork, I think Cork, in my own humble opinion, will be in the top two. I have corked down to finish second in in the league okay. this season. That's an interesting boy. Yeah. What that, what's that based on? Again, it, it, a lot of it is to go off people that kept. Kim Murphy is going. To, he's coming in as the bookmaker favorite to finish the top goal scorer in the fourth division this season. He's going to be massive. Uh, the likes of uh, King Coleman, Dylan McGlades, Aaron Bolger, Barry Coffey. These are all lads that had a certain bit of an X factor about them last year at Cork City. And I just feel with, with that, and they brought in Rory Keaton off Galway, which is a good statement. Uh, Ali Gilchrist came in on shells. Jimmy Corquin, uh, goalkeeper from Wexford. You can finally might see McNulty Mac, uh, be uh, dragged out of that, uh, the, the, between the six for Cork. He's been there for such a long time now. But yeah, just a signal of a tenth of the, of the good signings that he brought in. And, and I feel that Colin Healy was starting to see uh, his 
you know, the squad come together and he's really starting to, to, to implement his style of play and what he wants to do with Cork City. Now, I do know it said that to finish second, that's going to be a massive jump from the sides that finished there. Uh, I think it was outside the top five last season. But, yeah, I, I, I do. I just have a sneaky feeling that they, they could be the dark horses this year. Okay. Well, let's have a little look at some of the players because we talked last week about some of the players who have moved to clubs in the League of Ireland. But this year, there has been a huge amount of players who have moved outside of the country. Um, and we've got, we, we've got a couple here, Nathan. The, the likes of Ross Tierney. You've got uh, Georgie Kelly, James Brown, uh, Johnny Kenny, uh, and, and of course, uh, our Udinese buddy. Uh, James and there's, there's more to add to that you know yeah, so um, first of all your thoughts on, on why they're moving uh, obviously they're able to move and we're going to discuss this as well uh, the, the price that they're moving at but why such a big interest in League of Ireland players at the moment I think it's a, it's a good indictment of how the league is going that we're producing these young quality players Um I know that I want to jump straight into it, but that is my fear that we're being looked at as a cheap market. You know, these are some 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 star players that are going. Um, one that from the players that popped up there, the one again, we're gonna to have to talk about that man James Brown. Right, you know, we done a lot of that last year, and I want to get one more little conversation about James before uh, before he goes off the pastures new. But the fact he's gone off the Blackburn and straight into under twenty three is that that was, for me is absolutely crazy. You're looking at one of the the best right backs in the league last year, someone that's definitely good enough to go abroad and play first team football. But yeah, that's that's the thing. I'd hate to see it become a cheap market because you you look at other leagues, especially over in the Scandinavian leagues players that are probably lesser quality than than your Ross Tierney's and your Georgie Kelly's. Realistically, you were never gonna you were always gonna struggle to keep them quality of player in this league. They're always gonna move on. It's just a natural progression of it. Mm. But you know, you have guys like that that um, lesser quality than these players that are going for higher uh, fees, which Well you do they, see Nathan with, with even look at Donny van der Beek over in England. You do see with players who go into the English league, they do tend to keep them away because a lot of these need to bulk up. And you see with, with Irish players who maybe the level of training uh, and maybe not always full-time, full-time, if you yeah. know what I mean, that they need to do a lot more training just to get up to the level of fitness and everything that's in the leagues that they're going to, whether it's Championship, Premier League or even uh, League One. So that I've seen that before with, with different yeah. players. So maybe that's the case there with James and maybe it won't be too long before he does get around. But then, of course, you can counter that by saying that Liam Scales has gone to Celtic and got himself into that side and played games and done himself absolutely no harm whatsoever. So, yeah, I think he can counter it, but then maybe it's just lucky lucky player, lucky club, uh, lucky yeah. uh, time, you know. So, But it was interesting there because uh, Bohemians today called for the League of Ireland clubs to work together and stand up to agents to prevent the loss of star talent to the UK for tiny transfer fees. I just want to read this out, Nathan. So since the end of, uh, this is in the independent, since the end of last season, Sligo Rovers lost key players like Johnny Kenny, John Matten, uh, both gone to Scottish clubs for release clauses of 150,000. Crystal Palace paid Drogheda 50,000 for Killian Phillips, while out of contract players like, as we said, jo- James Brown, Georgie Kelly, Dan Cleary moved to the UK for free and Bose got compensation, but no transfer fee for Ross Tierney with his move to Motherwell. An English Premier League side paying a five-figure five sum for a player here is a concern to clubs. Uh, 
you look at this, I think it's Daniel Lambert who was talking yeah, about, and he's looking for collective action. And he's looking for, you know, the agent side of thing where they're putting in these fees. I'm going to ask you the question. First of all, it's a worry for the league. But is this not just because the league clubs are not willing to give out long-term contracts and then, obviously, they're willing to hand out these ridiculous, um, you know, minimum release clause which really there should be no release clause at all for League of Ireland players it's already minimum as it is as we were discussing so one release clause should be a no-no nearly Uh, I don't think they should let agents have release clauses in there unless they're ridiculous you look at some of the stuff that who went to Aubameyang went to Arsenal and put a hundred or sorry a billion on his release clause now who's going to pay that no one but you know throw it in there why not so why don't the, the club stick yeah we'll stick a, a release clause it'll be a million and happy days and if you want to buy him for that that's great but we haven't on a three year thing is the problem the biggest problem that they're not giving out these long term contracts yeah I do and I think it's a lot of clubs that find themselves in a catch 22 I also seen um, an interview up on RTE I don't know I don't think it was RTE but RTE had an article up about an interview with, uh, with Stephen Bradley and he was going in, in, into that sentiment as well, saying that it's these uh, part-time contracts or forty-week contracts that are uh, that that a detriment to these transfers. You know, we can't be putting lads, especially young lads, coming out of academies on short-term uh, part-time deals and expecting to be getting, um, you know, almost a million for for them or even anywhere close to that for them, even whatever it may be. So, I think it really is. But then you also have to look aside where. A lot of clubs in the league, uh, especially as you, as you afford to go down, they're just not in, in a position to be able to afford to be dishing out these long-term contracts, you know. Uh, we have to, like a poor prize money system in, in the league, insurance costs, travel expenses. Um, and even up now, we're in a situation where a lot of uh, a lot of clubs operate in men's football, women's football, underage football, uh, under the same banner, pretty much out of the same pot as well. So that's going to have to be difficult here. When it, it, we think we say every week here, don't we, mate, that it's it's all about improvement of government funding because at the minute being able to dish out these long-term contracts just isn't a reality in the league. But it's it, it's it's the the logical conclusion of how you get rid of these um, small marginal fees for for top talents going aboard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I. Listen, I think clubs need to start organising themselves if they believe in the players that they have and they believe that this player is going to be with them for the next three years because there's real quality there. I think they need to give them those contracts, whether it's a three-year contract that is, you know, it might be a, a, a low contract that they're giving them. It may not be the greatest contract in the world. Try and get them under the belt and maybe even that there's a, a ladder in uh, the wages or whatever it is to keep them there, you know, each year that they step up. But... Yeah, it's definitely that. That's that's the only way they're going to keep the players and the only way they're going to get a decent uh, fee for them. So they can't really uh, go... I'm going to call it whinging because it's a little bit of whinging. It's just the way it is. Because League of Ireland clubs at the moment, they're not compensating... And yeah, the majority of them are not compensating schoolboy clubs for getting their players. So it's a little bit of whinging there when they're not getting compensation themselves from the, the Premier League. So... Uh, yeah, sometimes it bites you in the arse. Okay, Nathan, Shane Keegan. Bit of news, he's going to treat United as the Academy... Is it Academy, Academy Director? Academy, Academy League? League? So it's it is okay. Academy Director, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. is this a good move for the development of football in Limerick? 
Yeah, there's not much really on this story. I just thought I thought it was an interesting one. It, it, it's not a move I expected to see Shane Keegan make, but if you're treating you know, it, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fair appointment to make. I think it's a sensible appointment to make. Shane, someone with experience of, uh, within the League of Ireland with Wexford, Galway and Dundalk. Um, the, 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 the latter <laughs> didn't go as he expected, I'm sure, but look, a lot of that wasn't down to Shane. The, the club was in complete disarray at the time, as we chronicled. Uh, every week it felt like Roy. Right. I'm not sure that even Pep would have got at no Dundalk last year. It was one of those, one of yeah, those yeah. messes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite difficult to, to get anything. Um, but yeah, look, it's very interesting to Dundalk. We talked a bit enough about all that last year when Vessel looks at them because <laughs> it's, it's a club that definitely uh, needs a change or looks as it's going to be. But yeah, look, these people like Shane Keane coming in um, to the club. You see it elsewhere, don't we? We have like Paddy McCourt is the Derry's academy director. Now Conor O'Grady, I think he's the head of academy here in Sligo. Ourselves, Pats, we have J.R. O'Brien as director of football. So they have the, these are just some of the top of my heads. I'm sure there is more within the league, but is um to have the people that are around uh in the younger generation and to to, to pump them through to hopefully into the fourth team uh it's great to have you know because you have that experience of the league and what's expected of the league so yeah really a sensible um appointment by treaty united and coming into the second year now of men's league of Ireland football this can only be a benefit you know to start bringing these younger players through and to make them connections with months Munster senior sides because we do we actually have an influx in Munster uh, based teams in the fourth division this year you know mm. with the two Cork teams Waterford um, two Cork teams I better not say that Cork City and Cove Ramblers sorry as soon as I said it I was like I better, I better change that up I'll get absolutely murdered for that <laughs> um, and I actually think that's been something that that's just to switch gears for a second that Cove have struggled with a little bit this season you know um, the likes of Cork City and Waterford um, with the, the full time football that they have to offer you know they're cherry picking the best talent um, or they're offering up the best talent that want to play in Munster so you're looking at the likes of Cove and Treaty that will have to go into the market of Munster senior football so you know they have someone like Shane Keegan at Treaty that can, that can help nurture uh, along with these coaching staff to help nurture the, the young talent of Munster to bring them through to Treaty United it's, yeah that, that can only be a benefit can you see Treaty struggle this year? Second season syndrome? A little bit. I, I think it'll be between themselves and Lawnfort to get into that uh, final uh, play opposition. I, I, I can't see, I don't think there's much really between them. The likes of the game, we mentioned Sean McSweeney, he left, he's, he's gone to Shelbourne, done well last season. Ty Ryan, uh, really, really good goalkeeper. Uh, he's gone to Bohemians, you'd imagine he'd be second fiddle to James Talbot. But, you know, they're, they're big losses to have. But, you know, they brought in Denzel Fernandez, uh, Ender Curran, Joe Gorman. You know, these are solid League of Ireland players. So, again, it, it, it's just a, a building of a squad there. But it was an amazing year last year for them, it really was. But um, I don't think the playoffs are completely out of question. I don't think it is. No, neither do I. Okay, we'll look at our, our last one, which is, of course, the Sports Capital Programme, which was dealt oh, yes, out last last week. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a big thing for League of is. Ireland clubs, it isn't is. it? And a number of League of Ireland clubs were in the money after the Sports Capital Grants Bonanza, I suppose, 150 million, but the government dished out 1.5 million in funding to the Premier and First Division Club towards improving ground facilities and equipment. Nathan, I don't know, I actually, actually didn't ask you this, so if you got the numbers in front of you, I have them here in front of myself. Um, what do you make of them? I do, I have the numbers here in front, and like I said, I, we, we're joking, saying it's all these numbers and figures are quite boring, but it's something that, you know, I feel that League of Ireland clubs are only getting newly educated on grants like the, 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 the sports capital grants. These are grants that they should be availing of for a long time, but it's only something that seems to be relatively new, uh, from what I'm hearing within... To them. 
to them yeah yeah no, no it's it's been used elsewhere for for the longest time now but mm. league of Ireland clubs for the longest time have not actually not been going in whether it being a lack of knowledge with the application process or just a, a lack of knowledge of what was available to them so yeah this is something that should be become a regular thing and it's, it's all about the education and just knowing because like you yeah. said it's, it's from the outside looking in uh, for non-League of Ireland fans it seems to be the biggest gripe for some reason that the League of Ireland clubs are constantly going around seemingly cap in hand and, and begging for money but it's something that's needed to, to, to benefit you know and, and to grow the league with the facilities whether that not even stadium facilities whether that be basic equipment you know yourself with, with Luke and United it's like just the, the day-to-day running of, of amateur sides uh, it's, it's impossible to do without any sort of funding oh, Well we've dipped in ourselves Nathan so tell us who else has dipped in from the League of Ireland yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll just have a little run through a quick one and say what they're what they're going to be splashing the cash on. Uh, Drottery got a hundred and fifty thousand. That'll be going into the development of the training centre at Marley's Lane. So that'll be uh, a training centre that will host Drottery United senior teams and all other teams, but also Drottery boys and Drottery girls FC. So again, great to see that community link come together and and for all the the Drottery sides to be able to use that training facility. Uh, Sligo, they got um, over 211,000 that will go to the redevelopment plans of the showgrounds that we've seen come out um, just, just towards the back end of last season. While that figure won't be close to covering the cost of the redevelopment, it's it's still, you know, it's a nice chunk to see that we'll go towards that. And I have to say, I know I've said it a couple of times, but from living in Sligo and seeing the, the, the fundraising process that, that goes on with the club, it's, it's amazing to see and there's no doubt that they'll be able to raise them funds. Um, Skipping down to Bray Wanderers, they got uh, two hundred over two hundred eighty thousand. That'll mm-hmm. go to an all weather pitch in the Carlisle grounds. Not a big fan of all weather pitches, but look, if one team that needs them is Bray Wanderers, um, you know themselves and Finn Harps are always the sides that seems to be the, the struggle in terms of postponements with weather. You know, just the, lo- yeah. <laughs> the location of two clubs. I'm just looking at this one, Nate. Not Town landed two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, yeah. For dressing room and toilet upgrades, so there must be going to be golden toilets, are they? Oh, like it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's coming to something with a nightclub. Someone to wipe their arse. Yeah, oh, I can see that. Yeah, buzzing, but I think I think there's a. <laughs> I think there's. I'll have a shower there. <laughs> I think there's a, a fitness suite as well. Yeah, but, uh, the dogs. Uh, You're going for the hot tub at half time. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go ahead. Uh, Cove Ramblers got uh, 300,000. Couldn't find actually. I don't know if you could see what Cove are going to splash the cash on. I couldn't find anything. I look um, that up now. It, I have it here actually. Yeah, there are three hundred thousand just to upgrade club facilities and equipment. So new footballs, new footballs and cones. Happy days. Gold and cones <laughs> and gold for gold for everybody. <laughs> uh, Shamrock Rovers. Uh, they they got it around one hundred and forty nine thousand. Am I right in saying that right? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah, going to go to LED floodlights at their academy facility in Rollstone. Happy days. It says one sixty eight six hundred and forty eight. Yeah. So and they built a good little training uh, ground there and it, it really looks well so that's sort of floodlights down there so now they'll be not only will D- Damien Duff who was there had the kids up at 6 o'clock he'll have them up to they'll have them up till midnight now but uh, yeah that's great That's it. and this, this is the stuff that is needed this is the stuff yeah. that we've been talking about the infrastructure around the clubs if this gets built and, and I know all this is on training ground equipment and that's badly needed yeah. once they start getting these grants into the stadiums and building them like Sligo are doing Oh, it's huge! It's huge, and yes. someone who who could really do it it would, would be Drogheda. In all fairness, 
Yeah, they really could. Um, I'm not going to bum you, but just because he just gave us a head in the par- a head in the game park name back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was only fatting him on the back last week, but now, yeah, themselves and Dundalk, uh, Finn Harps, I know they, there's a new stadium uh, plant in the pipeline up there as well, but these are all grounds that are just to the eye, I, I, visibly they're not attractive, and it, 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 it might sound stupid, but it's all down to marketing and it's all down to what, what the eye sees. So we, we have to make the league as attractive as possible and these grants will go a long way to doing that. Um, but I was finishing off, Bowes are the last team that I have down in my list, right? I don't know if you, if you have anybody else, but they got the maximum uh, 300,000 as well. And again, that'll go into an all-weather pitch at their DCU Sports Complex, which they they have the partnership with DCU for training and, and, and things like that. So yeah, well done to everybody that was involved. You know, I'm sure a lot of hard work uh, within the club went into getting these grants together. So yeah, fair Play. Yeah, I'm looking. Did you say Finn Harps? No, I miss Finn Harps. Didn't Finn Harps that's received 196,263 for pitch and floodlight upgrades for their women's and academy teams, which is great to see. Longford Town as well got 46,000 towards new equipment, and uh, I, I can't really see too much more there. But uh, one of the three grants dished out for the FAI was quarter of a million for a national goal post upgrade scheme which is great so that's in the grassroots I would like to see though Nathan and I'm sure everyone at League of Ireland would like to see but I would like to see a one-off big sort of grant that is given to the League of Ireland to give it that big push in one year so not just what I'm, what I'm talking about you look at it again we talked about the, the GA they have got millions over the years absolute millions hundreds of millions and I'd love to see a big push. 1.5 million, it's hugely beneficial to, to all the clubs, but it's only a dip in what this country really sort of puts out there. And I would love to see somewhere in the 30, 40, 50 million, something huge. There's jobs in this, you know, there's, there's yeah. jobs in the League of Ireland and you have stadiums that are six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand. 10,000. That means people are going to come in, buy food, that means there's going to be people there selling stuff. You know, it, it just knocks on and, and the pubs around the areas and all that sort of restaurants and everything, it, you know, it gets a real boost. So uh, if we get the facilities right in these in these places, I think we can, you know, grow something that is a full-time thing. And that's exactly what they're talking about in their strategy plan. So I hope that they can push them to, for, for a once, a, a, you know, a, one sort of scheme there, a grant that, that would be a big one that would sort of lay the foundations because... 1.5 million every year that'll trickle along and you'll have to be there for yeah. another 100 years before things kind of get itself together yeah like you look at some even the maintenance costs of these stadiums you know to, to keep floodlights for example up to date like that 1.5 million at the, at the end of the day that it, it is pittance I know it's, it's ridiculous to say if we had that money now we wouldn't be on here talking up and I'm at the yeah. It is though, if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, like I said earlier, if you look at things, boring things, but these are, it, it takes it, you know, insurance is, is a massive, massive thing when it when it comes to uh, football, you know yourself, uh, with, with the underage setup. So 1.5, as you said, it really is nothing, the goal has to be the goal, uh, long term, is to turn the League of Ireland into a full-time structure, you know, to have, to have full-time staff within these clubs and, and to be able to make it a feasible uh, opportunity for, for for people to make a living off the league as well. So yeah, I'd absolutely love to see it. Again, it's it's a bit of a pipe dream. Like we were talking about the the strategy plan last week, a couple of them seen like a pipe dream. But 
it'd be lovely to have a really would, wouldn't it? Just to give and mostly the facelift, you know, whether that be with the stadiums, whether that be with the marketing push that the leagues get league gets, you know. Even forget about the players coming into the league. No, that that that's it, while we're seeing that now, we're seeing the development of great young players come into the league, it's that that's not the issue with the league and it, and it hasn't been for a while now. Um Thankfully, we have seen that uh, that old man's club of, of of the retirement home, League of Ireland. Them days are, are well behind us, and it's 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 the infrastructure right? and it's the facilities that that are in desperate need of a polishing up. Yep, absolutely, uh, a million percent. Okay, Nathan, um, we are going to wrap it up. We don't have a fans question. This hasn't oh. been brought up, Nathan. We're going to have to get that back in, get the fans questions back in again. So if you're watching and if you have any questions that you would like to raise up for debate, do throw it in there. Yeah, send it on to the big kickoff at 96.4 at gmail.com. Or Nathan, yours is? Um, Nathan.doyle. Uh, live.com yeah pretty oh, okay. sure I said that all confidence <laughs> yeah, yeah there was no confidence there <laughs> I, I, whatsoever I just, get, just get the big kick off and Nathan Doyle on any of the social media platforms that would be easier for me because I'm guaranteed that's somebody, somebody else's email address <laughs> and don't forget that if you're watching it on YouTube we are on all the major podcast providers out there and vice versa if you're listening to us uh, as you're going out for your walk or on your way to work we are also on YouTube if you want to look back or look at us there as well. If you uh, have a night to yourself and you want to put the feet up and listen to us, two gobshites, rabbit on about League of Ireland football. Uh, and hopefully now that we will get uh, orders in and a few special guests throughout the year. So thanks very much for listening. Nathan, thanks very much for your time as well.